best time to have a blueprint for Wall Street is before you get in. Now you have access to the blueprint. Joe Soto is a practicing financial advisor with a wealth of experience working for some of the top Wall Street firms and high net worth clients. Joe has won many awards as a top producer and has an unblemished reputation in the industry. Today, Joe runs his own firm and his mission is to help financial advisors be the best they can be so they can align their purpose with their business objectives. The podcast mission also focuses on the most important person in Wall Street, the client. Trying to decipher the rules and regulations to win in Wall Street can be a daunting task. Sit down, relax, and tune in. Joe will take you for a tour across the Wall Street landscape and use his experience, simple average Joe language, and network of resources to help clients make informed decisions and advisors be the best they can be, regardless of which firm they are affiliated with. Tune in today. Let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. Joe Soto here, founder of The Joe Soto Project, where we help individual investors navigate the financial services industry so they can make the best money decisions for them and their family. Today, we got a very special topic. Today, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that financial advisors face. Now, ask yourself this question. Have you ever thought about or questioned whether your financial advisor was looking out for your interest or maybe their own or maybe their company? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why is my financial advisor recommending that I buy this and not that? It's a good question. So today what we're going to do is we're going to answer some of these questions. By all means, financial advisors have more than four challenges, but today we're going to talk about four. The four challenges we're going to talk about today are as follows. Number one, conflicts of interest. Conflicts of interest. Now, why is this important? Now, Financial advisors cannot serve all masters, right? And this is something that I learned early on in my career, that my client was the boss. Even if I worked for a company, I had to recognize that my clients were the boss and that I was serving their best interest and no one else's, okay? It's important, right? Whether you, if you're a financial advisor listening to this, you will not go wrong with putting your client first on everything that you do. You just won't. You might not be popular with your boss, you might not be popular with your company, but at the end of the day, never sacrifice what it is that you're doing for your clients. Trust me, long-term, it will pay off. But a lot of times, financial advisors need to decide whether they're gonna sell a product that is incentivized in this way, uh, maybe their company is promoting a certain uh, particular type of product. You know, think of it this way, right? When you go to like, you know, uh, Sam's Club, right? Sam's has got their own brand of, whatever, right? They got their own brand of clothing. They got their own brand of certain products. Let me ask you a question. Which product do you think Sam's makes more money off of? Do you think they make more money off of selling the brand product that, uh, I don't know, maybe it's uh, uh, the polo the polo shirts from Ralph Lauren, or do you think they're better off selling the Sam's polo shirt? Where do you think they make the most money? Well, they're always gonna make the most money based on the products that they sell. Okay, the home brand. And there's a lot of companies that get into a lot of trouble and a lot of issues when they sit there and try to, um, you know, push their advisors to towards a certain particular product or service. And unfortunately, by the time that it comes to light, it's usually too late. So if you're a financial advisor watching this today, never forget this. Always put your client first. Long term, it will pay off, I promise. Okay. And the other thing is this, if you're a client, if you're a client, 
Always ask your financial advisor, what are your conflicts of interest? And have them put it in writing. Make sure that you understand what conflicts do they have? Because their conflicts could, I'm not saying always, could influence the type of advice that you are going to receive as an investor. Challenge number two, the number of clients. The number of clients. Now, this one right here, if you know me personally, right? If you're a client of mine watching this, you know, a number of years ago, I had to make one of the toughest decisions in my career. I spent well over a decade at one of the top Wall Street firms, and they gave me like hundreds of clients. Literally, I went from having less than 100 clients to having over 1,000 clients. And I felt conflicted. I was getting called from people I didn't know. People were, you know, calling me, complaining about certain things, asking questions, and I didn't know these people. And then when my clients, the ones that I didn't know would call me, I would have to make them wait because I had these 15, 20 other calls to return. Now, this is a problem that a lot of financial advisors face today. A lot of financial firms, right? They, they, um, they want to help a lot of people, but oftentimes they don't have the proper channels to be able to cater their services specifically to the clients that they wish to serve, which then turns the advisor and puts them in, an, in a compromised position because then they try to be everything to everyone. So it's super, super important, right? That you ask your financial advisor how many clients and ask them to show you proof. How many clients do they have? How many clients do they serve, right? Because if you're working with a financial advisor who has, I don't know, 50, 60 clients, it's a big difference if you're working with somebody who's got a thousand, right? In my personal practice, I run a family office boutique style firm, right? I have less than 60 clients. 60 clients by choice, right? By choice. So I'm very selective of who I bring on board. And sometimes I walk away from business because I want to keep the intimate nature of my practice. I want to be able to take phone calls on the fly. I want to be able to spend a little bit more time with my clients when I want to spend time with them. And I also want to be able to focus and do a very good job for the people that, that, that I'm serving. And I can't do that if I have a thousand clients and I'm trying to be everything to a thousand people. So it's super important that you understand how many clients your financial advisor has. Understand the channels that they have of service and what do they offer to the different people that they have in the different channels. The next challenge that financial advisors face is an open platform. Open platform. Now let me explain to you what I mean by this. So. A lot of times big companies, they have many different types of products, but a lot of times these companies, they manufacture their own products and they don't bring in the products that are available in the marketplace. So what ends up happening is the individual investor thinks that they have access to everything, but sometimes they only have access available to what's offered through that particular firm. What this does is it limits your ability of choice. Maybe there's a better mutual fund. Maybe there's a better ETF. Maybe there's a better product somewhere else. But you don't know that because you just automatically assume that your financial advisor has access to everything. So it's important, right, that you also understand, does your financial advisor, is he tied to proprietary products? Does he only sell specific products from specific companies? That's not necessarily a bad thing if those specific products are what you need. 
But what happens when you try to seek the advice of a professional and they only have a certain number of clients that they have available? I'm sorry, a certain number of products that they have available. And then they try to, they're not going to tell you, well, look, I don't have the product to fit your needs. I'm sure there's some advisors that say that I don't have the products to, to fit your needs. But some advisors are just going to try to fit that client into the specific needs of the particular products that they have available. Leads me to point number four. Super important, operational resources. Operational resources. Now, if you know me, right, in my prior firm where I was at, I was having an operational nightmare, right? It was taking me up to a month, up to a month to be able to open up an account. And this is not a, this is not a fiction story. This is a real story, right? And here's the thing. When you have operational problems, when you have lack of operational resources, it doesn't matter how good your financial advisor is, they're not going to be able to do their best job. So one of the things that you should talk to your financial advisor about is who's on your team, who helps you, who opens the accounts, who does your marketing, who does your compliance. Here's a newsflash. As much as I admire financial advisors who take on that much responsibility to do that all on their own, eventually, when you're spinning multiple plates in the air, one of them is going to break. In my current firm where I'm at, I have well over a dozen assistants that help me do my paperwork. I haven't seen a piece of paperwork and I can't tell you how long, okay? A lot of the operational headaches, the compliance, a lot of the marketing, that's all done for me. Okay, and I pay a hefty price for that. I pay I pay them a lot of money to be able to do that, right? But here's the thing, that opens up time and availability for me to do the things that I know I'm best at. When you have a financial advisor that tries to do too much, I often see financial advisors, you know, dabble in the tax advice. They, they say, we don't give tax advice, but they give tax advice. We don't give legal advice, but then they give legal advice. So in my practice, we brought in a CPA firm and we also brought in a legal team to do the estate planning and to do the tax preparedness, okay? And I did that because I know my limitations. I know what I can and cannot do. And I also pay them to be able to do these things. But here's the thing, it allows me to focus on what I'm excellent at. And if, I, if a financial advisor has limited operational resources or they have problems from an operational standpoint and being able to do the basic functionality of the job, you can rest assured that this is going to show up in the performance of your accounts and your overall client experience. So here's what I want you to take away from this. First and foremost, I wanna thank you. If you watch this video all the way up to this point, pat yourself on the back, okay? A lot of people say they wanna get empowered. A lot of people say they wanna learn the education. A lot of people say they wanna elevate their finances, but very few people take the time to watch videos like this. So pat yourself on the back, congratulate yourself because you're here and you finished this video all the way through. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you have a financial advisor today, okay, I want you to go and ask these specific questions. I want you to go and ask them about their conflicts, about their operational resources, about their platform, okay? I want you to go and ask them these questions it's going to make you a better investor and it's going to make your relationship with your advisor much better. Oftentimes, investors find 
these problems when it's too late. Okay. Oftentimes financial advisors find these problems when it's too late. So if you have a financial advisor, I encourage you to go replay this video. It's a short video, 10 minutes, and look at the four points that I made and go and have a conversation with your financial advisor and ask them about these challenges and how they're dealing with them. Most importantly, most importantly, how do these challenges impact you, your plan, and your family's finances? Okay. Make sure you check out my blog at thejoesotoproject.com. Make sure you check out my YouTube channel and also my podcast, which is on Spotify and pretty much every other platform out there at Joe Soto Project, where we share financial literacy education to help individuals navigate the financial industry so they can make the best decisions, the best financial decisions for them and their family. My friends, I honor you for being here. Thank you so much for lending me your ear. Hopefully, you found this information valuable, and I'll see you on the next video. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for tuning in today. We are here to make the industry better for all of us. Help me become more valuable to you. Leave me a comment, share this episode with a friend or family member, and let us know how we can better serve you. Don't forget to check out the link in the bio for more resources. See you in the next episode. Making the financial services industry a better place, one client and one financial advisor at a time.